0: nothing like the feeling of putting a smile on someone's face. Enter ATB Goodness Grows, where one act of goodness can create a chain reaction across the province. Through Goodness Grows, ATB will be creating moments where Albertans can come together for a smile. Want to join in? Simply follow the hashtag ATB Goodness Grows on social media to see all the goodness growing all across Alberta. Follow along, get inspired, and help share that goodness. at this point in the book this might be uh a time to reflect on the fact that we have a little family of four (laughs) as of just earlier this year
1: it's true she's uh just crossed over no she's approaching eight months old
0: she's approaching seven months old
1: no she isn't september oh seven (laughs) I can't count.
0: Now, this is the downside of having uh, a newborn in the era of COVID.
1: Where time doesn't matter. Where
0: time no longer matters. And so it's very easy to lose track of just how old she is.
1: Yeah. No, approaching seven, not eight. That's yeah. my bad. I was, um, I'm was i in the wrong month, apparently.
0: Yeah. We also have a four-year-old. Yes. So we are dealing with... That. Like late toddlerism <laughs> and uh, mid-babyism. At the, at the same, same time. time, and uh, Nita and I keep talking about how this is the hard part.
1: <laughs> yeah, on on those really rough days, Scott will remind me that this is this is the hard part, and we will get over this, and we will move on. This too shall pass.
0: Meantime, our friends with older kids and our friends with teenagers look at us with pity, and and go, "Oh, you think this is the hard part?"
1: And then they say, "No, no, it just gets different hard." Yeah. <laughs> I know it gets different hard, but this is the hard part I know about, because we've already been through it once with our first kid. And with... But now
0: we're going through it with also a four-year-old. Yes. Which makes it different hard.
1: It makes it different hard. We'll be okay.
0: We generally For have the
1: been. most part, she sleeps through the night. It's not very often. I'm up in the middle of the night anymore, so that's good.
0: And she is actually sleeping now when we're recording, which Yay. is... Like 50-50, she actually goes (laughs) to sleep so that we can record. And she's not just, like, making noise in the background, as as you have heard if you've been following this novel.
1: No, she is currently sleeping soundly.
0: Yeah, and this is a very difficult novel to read when you have a newborn baby.
1: Oh, goodness.
0: So, uh, just just a general thanks to Nita for having picked Mm -hmm. this particular novel.
1: Don't blame it on me, I didn't know. (laughs) No,
0: you didn't. What are the chances?
1: Sometimes okay. I wonder if novels shouldn't come with some, like, content warnings. Some do. To them. This like, one did not.
0: Some legitimately do. This one absolutely did not. Uh, which is why some of our episodes have had content warnings. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I wonder if what what's the difference between content warnings and potential spoilers. Because honestly, if this novel had come with the content warning of, like, infant loss, that's kind of spoilery.
0: Well, we learn early on that Beth had a miscarriage, and you could read it as that. Yeah? But you do kind of tread into... But on the other hand, you don't want someone for whom that might be a, a touchy subject, for whom that might be a trigger for past trauma, to accidentally stumble into it, too, right? Right? Yeah.
1: So I don't know. I...
0: So you're walking a fine line.
1: Yeah. I feel like there's a gray area between, well, yeah, if you mention this, that's spoilers because it's kind of a major plot point. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's a nice thing to do for people to be like, hey, these are some troubling things that we talk about in this book. Maybe it's not the book for you.
0: Yeah. And for the record, this episode is going to have a content warning for infant loss. So... Yeah,
1: we're going to... Because we're going
0: to be talking about it. We're going
1: to be talking about that. Yeah. We're going to... We have to talk about it. It's It's a big chunk of this chapter. Yeah.
0: With that said, a brief recap of chapter 24 of our novel, in which Beth has a little think about some stuff and then calls up Flora and tells her, Listen, lady, I'm not going anywhere, so you might as well just spill all the beans. Shower me with beans. I want to know all about the beans. And Flora's like, Here's some beans. Also, why don't you come over to my house so I can give you some beans in person?
1: (laughs) So many beans.
0: And Beth is like, Sounds like a plan, dog. And
1: yeah, that's totally how Beth talks. And or nailed it.
0: And then <laughs> I'm trying to add a little levity to an otherwise <laughs> pretty grim chapter. Uh, but she does indeed accept the invitation, and uh, that is what segues us into chapter 25 of Perfect Little Children by Sophie Hannah. So Beth heads immediately to the address that Flora gave her. Yes. Uh, it leads into a very posh neighborhood and a very nice and inoffensive an gray and white house.
1: again, uh, an entire paragraph or more.
0: Beth dedicated is, to yeah. this
1: standout architecture that Beth encounters.
0: Beth has a thing for houses.
1: <laughs> well, and all of the houses she encountered are the ones that stand out somehow. Right, she's describing all of these other houses and then this one. Yeah. Like a weird mashup between a white a white thing and a gray thing.
0: Yeah. Um the reason the house is an inoffensive gray and white is because it's very neutrally decorated as a guest house essentially. Yes. It's owned by Versanova and it's meant for when clients or whomever needs an accommodation locally. And in this case, that is Flora. Yeah. And she answers the door and lets Beth in. Flora's been crying, obviously, and she meets Beth kind of dressed down from earlier. She's in a bathrobe and, like, some yoga pants.
1: Yeah, she's being very cash.
0: Yeah. She immediately asks Beth, how did you know that Lewis found Georgina ugly? And Beth is like, you basically told me. Like, your insistence that Georgina was beautiful sounded like an argument, but I wasn't disputing that, which means that this was an existing argument you had been having with someone else and it wasn't hard to guess who
1: right you can't be super besties with someone for as long as they were friends and not be able to read them somewhat yeah (laughs) and honestly flora wasn't exactly hiding it
0: no And as we learn later in this chapter, at risk of getting a little ahead of ourselves, Flora's been kind of hoping that Beth catches on to what's going on since basically everything started years ago. Right. So, yeah. Flora does keep her distance from Beth throughout this chapter as well. It kind of starts here at this point, but she's kind of circling Beth the whole time. Yeah, like keeping, physically keeping
1: yeah. keeping herself away.
0: Yeah. So Flora begins by kind of explaining the weirdness surrounding that breastfeeding incident the last time they saw one another. She explains Lewis had actually only agreed to come over that last afternoon on the promise that basically no one would really have a chance to see Georgina's eye. Georgina slept mostly during the day and flora had to agree that if she showed any signs of waking she'd take her out of the room so that nobody could see her
1: because lewis was utterly humiliated yeah by this imperfect child and it infuriated him
0: yeah he didn't want beth or dom to know about the eye uh which you couldn't tell so long as her eyes were closed flora actually cuts beth off from saying that's terrible here and she's like listen beth you're going to want to say that a lot during this explanation. You're not wrong. It doesn't need said. Yeah, <laughs> like
1: You don't need to console me. Yeah. Let me get all this out.
0: Flora says Lewis's outburst came from the fact that when he saw her breastfeeding, she assumed that Georgina had woken and that Beth must have seen something. But she hadn't. She had fussed a little bit and then she immediately went back to sleep when she started suckling.
1: Well, and Lewis assumes that Beth would care?
0: Number one, yeah.
1: Beth doesn't care?
0: Well, it's... No, I don't think that Lewis assumes that Beth will care. The point is that Lewis cares.
1: Well, no, but Lewis... The reason Lewis cares is because he didn't want other people to see it.
0: Yeah, but it he doesn't... To Lewis, it doesn't matter whether they care or not. It's the fact that they would know.
1: Which means that he thinks that they care.
0: But it all comes back on
1: him. Of course it does.
0: It's not... Here's. I'm not
1: saying he's right, but that's... Why else would he care
0: well, well, if anyone get, else saw it, we'll if he get was right into
1: it. I'm doing a lot of armchair psychology. I'll and,
0: stop. And we're going to get right into it because it's pretty much laid out in this chapter. Lewis was paranoid about Beth finding out because he couldn't bear to have had a premature child who wasn't perfect like their other two children. And more importantly, wasn't perfect like the Leeson's two children, Ben and Zan. It was the first time in Lewis's life that he couldn't feel superior to them, and it was driving him up the wall. So it doesn't matter if Beth cared about the wonky eye. It mattered that she knew about it because then she knew that Lewis had an imperfect child.
1: Ah, uh, yes, okay, so Lewis is just very, very broken apparently, according according to this story. yeah, Lewis is really not right.
0: um, he blamed Flora for it mostly, but also kind of blamed Georgina a little bit.
1: How do you blame a baby for being a baby?
0: Well, Flora says that, like, intellectually, logically, he knew that you couldn't blame a baby for things that weren't her fault. But he also blamed the baby for things that weren't her fault.
1: Because as we've already established, Lewis is not quite right in the head.
0: Yeah. More importantly, he didn't want to have a third child. He had his perfect family of four and he was perfectly content with that. But then Flora, who wanted to have another baby, went and got pregnant again without his... Consent. Consent.
1: Yeah, that, I... Oh, so many issues there. Wow.
0: She kind of assumed he'd just come around if it happened and go with the flow, and she was tragically mistaken.
1: Because how can can a normal, functioning human being not fall in love with their own baby? Yeah. Yeah, Except Lewis is not a normal, functioning human being.
0: Apparently not. Uh, She told Lewis it had been an accident, and his response was like, cool beans, off to the abortion. And she was like, no. And he instantly knew, oh, so you lied to me. And as Flora explains, he's not the kind of person who gives someone a second chance. And Beth is like, yes, I remember him considering that one of his proudest traits.
1: It is not. That is not a proud trait. You are a psychopath.
0: Beth understands now that this is why she never learned about the pregnancy. And why Flora started to pull away from her even before Georgina had been born. It's because she was living with all this drama at home. Flora explains that she begged Lewis for forgiveness, and even at that juncture offered to terminate the pregnancy, which he had wanted to begin with, to get back on his good side. But he was determined to punish her and was like, nope, now you get to keep it, and we both get to live with your decision. She, at first, kind of allowed herself to hope that maybe that was the first sign that he was coming around, but again, she was tragically mistaken.
1: This is sadistic.
0: Oh, no, it's totally sadistic, yeah. If like, tr- if true, pure, this is monstrous simple. yeah yeah she later realized Lewis had kind of drawn a line in the sand and that he would never budge from it. Um, he was never going to love Georgina. He had made up his mind before the day she was born, and the fact that she Horrible was born monster. and the fact that she was born premature and sickly and with a wonky eye just made it super easy for him to do Ugh. because Flora and Georgina had gone and ruined his perfect little family of four.
1: I can't. I can't even with him. It just, how, how can, how can someone be so horrible? I might cry over this. I'll try not to tear on the microphone.
0: You going? Do you need a moment? No. Flora mentions at this juncture a plan Lewis had to get back to her, but we don't really get further into the weeds of that until later. And we don't really get the specifics, though we might be in the process of getting set up to learn some of them. We'll get into that. Beth asks point blank at this juncture, did Lewis kill Georgina? And Flora kind of says, it was my fault, but doesn't really dispute it. It's pretty clear at this juncture before even Flora spells it out, though, that the story she was given earlier in the hotel room isn't entirely true. And Beth says she thinks Lewis is the one who belongs in HMP Peterborough. And Flora's like, how do you know about that? And Beth comes back to something we had previously hit upon. Yep. The daily responses. And she confirms it at this juncture. We were correct. That was a daily back and forth that Lewis has. And Beth lays out her thesis here. I believe Lewis killed Georgina. And Flora says that may be the case. And it kind of feels good to finally say that out loud to someone after so many years. Flora explains. Yes. She can't 100% be sure because she had had wine that night. Uh, Apparently at this point in their marriage, she needed a stiff drink just to get through the evenings evenings with Lewis at home. She was stuck in a loveless marriage with apparently a vindictive sociopath who hated her and one of her children, so one can understand why she might need a stiff drink uh, to get to sleep. Yep. It also maybe explains why she was sleeping with
1: Georgina? Georgina
0: in her bed if she was afraid.
1: That Lewis might do something? That
0: Lewis might do something. And it explains why Lewis wasn't sleeping with her. She also couldn't just leave at that juncture because she was afraid of what Lewis might do with Thomas and Emily at that point.
1: Yep. Well, and she probably didn't want to leave her other kids either.
0: Well, she probably didn't, no. What she didn't know at the time, though, is that Lewis had apparently concocted a foolproof plan, quote unquote, to take the children from her and torture her forever. So Beth asks her, walk me through the evening. And Flora says, "Okay, well, I was feeling unusually sleepy. Lewis had insisted I had too much to drink, but I only recall having the one glass of wine. And I believe he may have drugged me in retrospect. I could not stay awake. Like, I was falling over myself, falling asleep. And Lewis was finally just like, go to bed. I will look after the kids. Flora was a little concerned because Lewis liked to ignore Georgina, but only if Thomas or Emily weren't paying attention, because he didn't want them to catch on. Yeah, that anything he, he was kept up the facade yeah.
1: of a happy family for the other two kids, lest he ruin them,
0: I so guess. If, so if she was hungry or needed a change of diaper and started to wail, he'd deal with it because he wouldn't want...
1: Thomas and Emily. Thomas and Emily to to think something was up. Right.
0: So she felt comfortable enough leaving Georgina in his care and dragged herself up to bed and then basically fell unconscious. Later, Lewis woke her up, which is in stark contrast to him saying that he was awoken by her screaming, which already didn't quite make sense because, as we had pointed out in that chapter, when he said that, wouldn't that have woken up the other two kids, too?
1: I think we brought that up, did we not? Yeah,
0: we did. Yeah. So... The fact that Lewis woke her up and told her, "Hey, you rolled over and smothered Georgina," makes a little more sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Also, the fact that Lewis very pointedly in that chapter, like, accounted for all of his comings and goings as though he was creating an alibi chain, <laughs> which I had pointed out then too. It's a little suspicious that he's so specific about everything that he was doing. Very
1: meticulous, night. yeah. Yeah.
0: Flora was confused because she had barely dragged herself up to bed by herself. She certainly hadn't been carrying Georgina with her. And Lewis told her, listen, lady, you were drunk and you don't remember doing it. So right. Flora makes a comment about how she hoped at the time Beth would notice something was off and do something because she needed help.
1: Yes. But she couldn't ask for it less because she was scared.
0: Yeah. But Beth, of course, was all wrapped up in thinking everything was about her. Her. And didn't do anything. Yeah. And Flora clearly still feels the sting of that. Like her best friend pulled away from her at the moment that she needed her most. It wasn't entirely Beth's fault.
1: No, I was going to say, we can't we can't totally blame Beth for that. Because when the signals are really subtle, you can't expect someone to pick up on them loud and clear.
0: Yeah. Beth is also here now. And Flora admits that she does feel somewhat better for it. Beth however feels like a total heel in this moment. Yes. Uh especially about the cut up photo. Flora admits briefly she thought that maybe Lewis had put her up to it, but then was like no no. No no, Beth would never collude with Lewis like that. And that would mean that Lewis would have had to have told Beth and Dom about this.
1: And he would never And he would
0: never. And she reiterates like I forgave you then in the moment and I was sincere when I did it and I forgive you now. I get it. I understand that you were angry about not having heard about Georgina.
1: Flora feels the same way that Lewis did earlier, like, it it's just a picture. It was just a piece of paper.
0: Yeah. Flora says Lewis's master plan involved cutting out Dom and Beth and her parents because they were the people that he feared the most, because they could blow up everything if she blabbed to them, and they were the people she was most likely to blab to. Yes. Beth was easy because Beth had already essentially friends-offed her. Her parents were much harder.
1: Which is why that whole the talk
0: happened and and why lewis was the one doing all the talking beth says listen flora i can still help but you need to tell me absolutely everything like you need to lay out what's going on here from start to finish and flora says you know what i'd love to but there's no point anymore and the reason for that is because whoops lewis is standing right behind beth and that's the end of chapter 26 yeah (laughs) beth is like he's standing right behind me right now isn't he and lewis (laughs) is like sure am lady (laughs) boom Cut to cut to credits. I mean we knew Lewis was going to come home. Well, yeah. We said that
1: we called that last last episode.
0: The question is has he been the the real question is has he been there the whole time or did he walk in unnoticed?
1: Who knows? Yeah. I'm sure we'll find out.
0: I also like that Lewis had a quote unquote foolproof plan that didn't account for one particular fool. (laughs) Beth Beth? Leeson. (laughs) That's
1: right. (laughs) Yeah, you forgot about this fool.
0: Who is about to blow everything up.
1: God, I hope so.
0: Like, what's Lewis going to do? Threaten to kill Beth? He might. Sure, then Beth is dead, and what's Dom going to do about that? Beth went to go and investigate something weird that was going on with Lewis and Flora Braid, and then she died mysteriously. Hey, police, maybe you should go investigate Lewis and Flora Braid.
1: I don't know. Lewis possibly covered up one murder.
0: Yeah, the murder. Maybe
1: Beth has a horrible accident while in Florida.
0: The murder of a baby in your own home who is your baby is a little easier to cover up than the murder of a grown adult woman who has ties to the community. Hmm. Just saying.
1: I know. We've kind of already established that Lewis is probably, what's the right word, sociopath? Psychopath?
0: Oh, absolutely. A
1: path of some kind. Uh, He probably doesn't care so much about... The aftermath, as no. he does about the fact that Beth needs to die. I
0: disagree entirely. And then entirely. aftermath later. I completely disagree. Really? His MO involving Georgina and Flora was apparently a meticulously planned oh,
1: out. Oh, that's true. It is an thing. elaborate And he plan. is a
0: man who is obsessed with image. He can't have his hands be dirtied by anything. He can't be linked to anything. Everyone needs to think that Louis Braid is perfect and rich and perfect.
1: <laughs> Did we mention the perfect
0: part? So... He can't just willy-nilly murder someone and expect that the problem will go away
1: all right, fair point, fair point.
0: The only thing I could consider is that he would because he controls Flora and Flora does whatever he says, that he's going to con- he's going to tell Flora to kill Beth and just blame and, that on her
1: and just assume that she will and yeah, then it's and, her then, fault and then and then and, now, and then
0: and then his story will be, well, you know, Beth was stalking Flora, and Flora snapped and she murdered her. Hmm. Which, to be fair, Beth has been stalking Flora. Yeah. This is assuming there's not some bombshell revelation next chapter, and Lewis completely contradicts Flora's story. Oh my goodness. Because, as Nita pointed out before we began this chapter, every time Beth gets a story, it's a little closer to the truth, but it's still full of lies.
1: Yes. Every time someone tells Beth something, it's still a ball of lies with little dribblings of truth, and then we have to figure out which is which.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What I will say about this story is that it does match up with a lot of what we know. Because Lewis not wanting a third child would explain why there's no no Georgina 2.0 and there's only a Thomas and Emily 2.0. It
1: doesn't actually explain Thomas and Emily 2.0 to me.
0: But it could. This could be a matter of Lewis forcing Flora to do it right this time.
1: That's what I said.
0: Yeah, that's what you suggested last chapter. And now it lines up much better.
1: I don't know. I don't know if it does.
0: I don't know that it lines up perfect. I'm just saying it lines up much better. Mm-hmm. It might also explain Kevin and Yanina. They're both there to keep Flora under Lewis's thumb. Kevin can't always be there, so Yanina's there as well.
1: Okay, but who are these people?
0: Well, we already know who Kevin is. Kevin is an old work associate of Lewis, who needed a job and is probably just the right kind of jerk that for... X amount a, of money. X amount of money, he's willing to torture a woman forever. Ugh. And Yanina might be the same. We already know she's superficial okay. from Beth's previous uh, encounters with her. So yeah, if she's making decent money, she might not care about the kids Still, and what happens to Flora. That's
1: two people that Lewis Bray needs to keep under his thumb from the other side of the planet.
0: They're being paid good money.
1: That doesn't necessarily mean anything.
0: Well, he's been successfully doing it so far.
1: I I guess.
0: I suppose
1: it's possible to find two people without scruples.
0: And money is a very decent motivator.
1: I know. I like to think people have ethics and morals. and
0: Except they provably don't.
1: I know. It's hard. The world is a horrible place. At least the world in this book. Do you think Lewis went to Florida to take the children away from Flora?
0: Yes. I mean, his end goal might have always been to go to the United States and set up a company there. Mm. But it certainly is an opportunity to keep the kids away from Flora.
1: I have a question for you. Okay. This might mean nothing. But it's a question I had. Uh, On that very first day when Beth encountered Flora, did Flora receive a phone call or did Flora make a phone call?
0: Unclear. I believe she was on the phone when she came out of the car
1: already on the phone
0: yeah as i recall without looking in the book beth saw flora and saw that she was on the phone so it's unclear if she had made the phone call or if she had received the phone call we do know that she did call lewis at the office because he took a call
1: yes that was going to be my next one so lewis took the call my guess is because she was unloading the kids from the car that flora did not make the phone call yeah. That's not a great time to make a phone call.
0: So probably they have a prearranged time that one or the other makes a call.
1: Okay. Why? For daily
0: No, aff- no, no. Daily affirmations.
1: No, no, no. I know I get that they do daily responses which is weird. But why why isn't why isn't it the responsibility of one of them to call the other one? Why would they alternate?
0: They don't necessarily alternate. And Flora may have made the call in the car. It Maybe? may be Flora's responsibility to check in with Lewis every day.
1: Every day at X time? Yeah. Okay, maybe.
0: In fact, I would go so far as to say that's the most likely scenario. He would absolutely put the onus on Flora if he's but if he's purposefully torturing her.
1: Every day at this exact time, or boats. Yep. They. She has to phone and they have to do daily responses. Yep. Also, why would Lewis want a recording of it? I can't...
0: Evidence, proof, who knows?
1: Evidence proof of what? She doesn't admit to anything.
0: Maybe he just enjoys hearing her misery. Maybe. Or maybe it's legitimately because he wants a recording of it for some sort of leverage over her.
1: I guess. it just... That seems strange to me, that he would want a recording of it. But I suppose I'm trying to apply reason to an unreasonable person. Okay, so here's here's a little thought experiment that I went through. In the parking lot. Mm -hmm. When she encountered... When Beth encountered Flora. Flora, ostensibly, was alone.
0: Well, one would presume that Yanina was probably not far away. If she relatively quickly found Janina and swapped clothes with her. It was like
1: an hour and a half.
0: And yeah, still long enough.
1: If Flora was alone, why did she not go to Beth and ask for help? The thought process behind that being, okay, well maybe then she wasn't alone.
0: Yeah. Again, Yanina might have been nearby.
1: Does that mean that Yanina is trailing her?
0: Well, if Yanina and Kevin's purpose is to keep Flora under Lewis's thumb, then yeah, maybe Flora just assumes at any given time that Kevin or Yanina are nearby. Previously, Lou Monday had mentioned she doesn't know what Kevin does for work, and I think we now know what he does for work. He keeps tabs on on He basically keeps Flora in prison. That's his work. Oh, that's weird. So the idea that one or both of them might be Near hovering nearby, keeping an eye on her at any given moment. Legit. And that might be why she ran away in that moment. Because she couldn't be seen talking to Beth.
1: Okay, so let us continue with my train of thought. That maybe she's not... It wasn't so much that she was afraid of Beth. Maybe she is afraid for Beth.
0: I think that was made explicit last chapter. Well, When she specifically says, don't you have your own family to worry about? And there's that kind of... Tone of
1: trying to tell her something without actually telling her something
0: yeah because it's but it's very that, likely that Kevin and Yanina are dangerous people
1: that's what I was just gonna say that means that these people are dangerous people and we know we're pretty sure that Lewis is a dangerous person the psychopathy 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 know. the psychopathy of this whole scenario just it hurts it hurts my brain and breaks my heart
0: yeah if if this is true and again, It is very plausible, but as you had said before we started recording, everything we've been told up until this point has been a lie sprinkled with truth. So how truthful is all of this information?
1: I don't know. I don't know how much of Flora to believe.
0: Yeah. And just because Lewis is now standing threateningly behind Beth Cliffhanger at the end of this chapter doesn't mean that he's necessarily going to harm her. He might have be armed, not with a gun, but with an alternate version of the events
1: maybe maybe flora's got the gun maybe how do we know there's a gun
0: I, I'm just, a weapon <laughs> some knows? some danger he <laughs> he might have a contradictory story
1: lewis with the candlestick
0: in the drawing room well they're not in the drawing room they're in the open concept kitchen slash living room <laughs> and at the moment she's armed with a glass of water
1: maybe it's a very deadly glass of water In all honesty, usually in this scenario, when you've been caught by the villain, the bad guy, whoever, there's usually a gun. Yes. I would not be surprised if in the next chapter a gun showed up.
0: Well, if nothing else, we should be getting some revelations next chapter because the narrative trajectory, the tropey narrative trajectory, would be that either we're about to get hit with the twist, and twist, Lewis isn't a monster— And maybe Flora actually is, and he has a very compelling alternate story to tell. Who knows? Or, and this is admittedly the more likely scenario, Lewis is the monster, was the obvious villain from the beginning, and is about to give a villain monologue explaining his master (laughs) plan because there's no way Beth is walking out of this alive and can ruin anything. And just... You know, does yes. does the classic Bond villain fallacy of explaining his master plan to the one person who can stop him. Yes. Or this book has a real downer ending and he gives the explanation and then Beth dies.
1: <laughs> oh, that could be. Honestly, I wouldn't put it past. I wouldn't put it past this book at this point. We've been trailed along for so long. But at last we have reached the suspense part of the suspense book. Right? I mean, there's with, been... our, with our cliffhanger ending and the bad guy maybe right behind you.
0: There's there's definitely been mounting suspense, but yes, we are now at the the climax, yes. the knife's edge the of peak, suspense.
1: The peak of suspense. God, I hope something happens.
0: <laughs> Presumably yes.
1: It will. I'm co- I'm confident it will. She's she's we know she's an accomplished author. She wouldn't let it fizzle out like that.
0: Yeah. We will hit that climax full in the face, I assume, next chapter. And you're going to want to...
1: Punch that climax right in the face. You're
0: going to want to read up on chapter 26 in time for next week. In the meantime, if, uh, if you ever happen to find yourself inheriting the fortune of your miserly grandfather, who <laughs> you didn't even know had hoarded a small fortune, rather than traveling to another country to set up your own tech company you might consider investing in your local community. And uh, one of the ways that you can do that, certainly here in Edmonton, is through the Edmonton Community Foundation. And wouldn't you know it, they have a podcast which can tell you all about it.
1: The Well Endowed Podcast by the Edmonton Community Foundation. It's hosted by Andrew Paul and Elizabeth Bonkink, and it's produced by Lisa Pruden. It explores the impact of passionate people who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. The Edmonton Community Foundation helps people create endowment funds. The podcast tells the stories of how these endowments intersect with the community. You can subscribe at thewellendowedpodcast.com
0: probably also find it on your podcatcher of choice oh probably you can also find many of the other wonderful podcasts from the alberta podcast network on your podcatcher of choice
1: also probably
0: yeah my
1: podcaster my podcatcher of choice is the apple podcasts app
0: not the best one
1: no i know it's not the best one but it is the one i use and I can't really speak for the other ones. I just sort of make assumptions. Fair enough. And maybe that's foolish, but I do it anyway.
0: You can also check out all of those wonderful podcasts right now at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Um, there's going to be something there that you're going to want to check out. There are podcasts on every imaginable topic.
1: There's so many. There's so many now. It, like, yeah. it's really great. But, who like, it's paralysis of choice almost.
0: Turns out a lot of people in Alberta have things to talk about.
1: Yeah, who knew? Yeah.
0: While you're at that podcatcher, by the way, you could also maybe give us a little rating and a review. That helps us tremendously.
1: Yeah, we'd like that. Yeah.
0: If you want to drop us a line at any time, you can do so on social media.
1: Yes. Uh, I will prattle off the standard list. We have uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. We are at the read along on most of those.
0: You can also send us an email if... uh, You want to send us a few more characters than is available on social media.
1: We are thereadalong at gmail.com.
0: And with that said, as always, we'll see you next time.
1: For less cliffhangers, fewer cliffhangers...